Welcome to the Western Mail Racing Podcast. Here comes Inspirational Girl. She's starting to thread her way through the field. Inspirational Girl. Pike under hands and heels. Ranges up, grabs the lead. It's a winning hat-trick for the Wizard. And goes home, Inspirational Girl. Adornment straight in front of Trap for Fools. Pike sitting as quiet as a church mouse on Truly Great, though. Ambled up, Nerf Boskers on his tail. He's letting down the grey. Pike will have to go to work. He's nursing. He's kidding Truly Great. Nerf Bosk on the outside comes again. Pike gets serious. Truly Great. 60 kilos at all. Nerf Boss comes at him. They hit it. Oh, what a finish. What a finish in the cup. Nerf Boss. On the show, we discuss local racing news, dissect trials, and preview the Saturday Metro meeting. We'll also be interviewing industry participants, but first, it's over to Mike Johnson and Gary Bothwell to get us underway. Hello, welcome back to the Western Mail. We're back into Season 2, rolling along, and we're back with more of the best of WA Racing. And as always, it's Mike alongside Gary. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. How are you this week? Very well. And yourself? Yeah, very well. I had some nice results in New Zealand during the week, so certainly primed for this weekend. Ah, choice there, bro. Choice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear, mate. Uh, get have a bit of form rolling into the weekend. So we've... Speaking of weekends, we'll have a quick recap of last Saturday from Hyperion Stakes. Uh, we had the yep. delay of Snippy Miss in the first, uh, managed to get 490 in run, which was very handy. So that was a good good little get. Excellent. Uh, she actually did run well. She ran into second, uh, but yeah, as predicted, she was last in the run and uh, had a had a bit to do. Uh, race it two. Didn't get the track to suit, did, did she? No, no. I think it dried out a bit, didn't it? So... Uh, race two, guard the safe got up at uh, 270, uh, but there was a nice debutante as well uh, by Turn Me Loose. So that was a, a good debut from, uh, was it Kiora Jewel? Was that the name? Kiora Jewel, yep. So yep. tipped at 16s. Um, probably needed to be closer to the inside, to be fair, when I when I watched the race back, but did run nicely on nicely for fourth, and I'm keen to follow maybe with a slight step up in distance as well next time. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It was a good debut, that's for sure, uh, even if uh, she only ran fourth. So one to follow. Uh, Nero Dio was a really gutsy win there in race six, um, backed into 280. Uh, Ding-dong yep. battle with pans down in the final 100, 150 metres. And, yeah, he uh, just he had enough in the tank to to hold him off, which was a good get for us. Uh, was, we were both very keen, so it was nice to to get the best bet home. Yep, also good to see that no, there was no squawking about the trench and someone being hard done by <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, um, And then the, uh, well, the heartbreak of, of the meeting for me was dance music getting zapped very late in the Hyperion. Uh, she looked home for all money. Oh, and, didn't she? And uh, yeah, for some reason, uh, 
Brad Rawwheeler. I just cannot catch him. He seems to he seems to get me uh, when he's on other runners. Yes. And when I back him, I can't catch him. So, look, it was a big win from Valor Road, the stable mate. But just, yeah, dance music, as brave as, as she's ever been. Yep. And I think we said the same thing on the on the pod last week, didn't we, mate, about Brad Rawwheeler? And he owes us <laughs> a couple, you know, when we're actually on. And um, this time he's managed to lip us both out of the uh, quaddy as well. So thanks yep. very much, Brad. 100%, mate. So at least we had, you know, about $2.50 the place. So it wasn't the end of the world. But, uh, yeah, I yep. mean, in for a penny, in for a pound, you know, would have much rather the win when she went down uh, that agonisingly. So there you go. <laughs> yep. Also, I just quickly wanted to mention, mate, uh, race seven, star aligned, really tough run to mm. um, run third. Once again, at a nice each way price as well. So That's right, yes. Uh, listeners got onto that each way. I think we tipped it at nine bucks. Then um, they've still come out of it with something, haven't they? Yeah, it was a big run, wasn't it? And I think Brad actually caught his knee on the, the barrier, I believe, um, on mm. star aligned. So, yeah, it was a, not the best start for them, but... Uh, yeah, ran a big race and, um, yeah, very well seen by you, mate. Cheers, mate. All right. So we'll have a look at a few trials uh, from Lark Hill on Monday. Um, obviously, as listeners will know, the Western Mail, we're not ones to get overly carried away by the educational 400-metre trials, but kicking <laughs> off on Monday was a horse by the name of Knight's Mystery. So uh, ridden and trained by Mitch Pateman. He's a two-year-old uh, knight exemplar gelding, so out of the damn mystery heart. Uh, scorched the turf there in his first ever public outing when running 23.34, which is phenomenal. Um, and as a guide to the 400-metre trials, I mean, if you can run 24, low 24s, you're doing okay. So for this fella to run 23.34 off a standing start, no less, um, you know, one by almost three yep. lengths, uh, suggests he's got a bit of ability. So that was really, really nice. Yeah, really good spot actually on the time, mate. Um, one other horse I wanted to note into that into that race as well was the full sister to the Velvet King went around for the first time as well called the Velvet Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, three years younger than the Velvet, the Velvet King. and But as I say, a full relation. She finished almost 11 lengths off. Um, the very impressive Knights mystery. So probably is going to need a little bit more education before we see her at uh, at the races. Yeah, you think so. And hopefully she hasn't inherited the uh, the kick-missing gene from the, her full brother there. Uh, obviously, he, <laughs> he walked out in the high period, didn't he? So Much to my disgust, mate. Mm. Much to my disgust. Yes. So the next one we'll have a look at is, well, what's the fastest time of the day over the 9.50? Uh, was Wuhan Warrior who clocked 56.38. So this is a son of Snippetson, uh, was second last in the Supremacy Stakes back in March. So that was his only race start to date, uh, but was sent straight to the top under Lucy Warwick there. They found an easy lead and was under a pretty nice hold from what I saw uh, before being given full reign in the final 150. Uh, he went on to score by over eight lengths, would you believe? So really nice display uh, from him and I believe, well, you would think he'd be uh, at the races very soon based on that. Oh, yeah, mate. It was a cracking trial, you know, on a soft track as well. So, you know, I think he's certainly one that we can follow into this preparation. Absolutely. Uh, we also had State of Power uh, having her first public outing since a debut in the two-year-old Magic Millions uh, down at Pinney in Feb. Uh, she was ninth of 13 on that occasion. So this is a dream ahead, Philly. 
jumped well from the gates and sat up on the speed there under Tash Faithful and uh, did show a bit of a tendency to lay out around the corner, but did look pretty good in the final 150. Held off the chasing pack there that included a very nicely named gelding called Hootie the Blowfish. So that was uh, <laughs> one for the 90s uh, music fans there. But yeah, she also got a lovely baldy face, which makes her very easy to spot in a pack, which is always good. And uh, the margin there was half a length uh, with the time 56.6. So yeah, good effort from State of Power. Absolutely, mate. Uh, looking forward to see seeing her at the track as well. And Hootie as well. I was a, Hootie. I was a big fan back in the mid-90s. Yeah, they were a good band, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, enjoyed them. <laughs> uh, we also saw Missile Launch uh, go around a bit later on in the morning, again over 9.50. So this was his first public work since running last in the Kingston town last December. He's now a seven-year-old, uh, this bloke, but sat behind the speed. Uh, however, he was wide the entire trip under Paddy Carberry, uh, but did look to run home pretty well under a stronghold. Uh, his time was 58.09, so he's three lengths behind the winner and Ambiente. Uh, but I'm not sure what his targets will be. Uh, so, yeah, no doubt we'll see him at Belmont fairly soon. But uh, perhaps, I mean, it's what, mid-June. Mid so maybe he might be starting to come back into work and possibly another tilt at the Cow Cup, something along those lines. Oh, very good. He um, also finished uh, behind, uh, sorry, in front of a couple of Lindsay Smith's horses that are quite classy, one being Silence, who won well at his first start yeah. over here in WA, and the, the other one's an import from England called Weekender. So ah. interested to see where Lindsay goes with that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'll be good to see. We'll have to keep an eye on them. So, yeah, did you have any other trials yourself? Uh, yeah, just, well, one I wanted to ask you about, I saw Real Charisma in Heat 9 won relatively nicely for Grant and Alana Williams. So probably just wanted to get your thoughts on where you thought she was at. Um, if, if you had any, um, obviously showed some talent, you know, in previous campaign. Yeah. To be honest, I, I didn't actually watch that trial, but um, yeah, it did appear to, well, looking at the time she uh, has appeared to have run pretty well. Um, only had what the three starts. So yeah, it's hard to know. Hmm. I mean, got rolled at the first two, was it or $1.85 on Debu, but um, well, I'll say got rolled. I mean, ran second to, to Hot Z, so that's no no disgrace there. But uh, then uh, ran, what, third behind Hell's Bell and actually got broke through it to the uh, third time of asking. So, yeah, look, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I mean, a few of these Peters uh, youngsters coming through haven't really kind of lived up to perhaps the the promise that maybe Bob had had in them. And as a result, I'm not necessarily this mm. bunch, but we've seen a few, you know, a few more of late go to dispersal sales. So perhaps he's, we have, uh, perhaps he's not as, as patient as he once was. <laughs> well, hopefully this one's um, got a little bit of upside. She's an, I, I am invincible filly after all. So nicely bred and um, perhaps just needed a little bit of time instead of pressing on with her initial campaign. Yeah. That'd be good to, see her in the future um the other one i just wanted to mention uh to be honest mate was dan in heat 14 um i mentioned this last week because uh, a selection of mine had finished second behind him um at a, in a trial and that was d rodman um went around again at lark hill won quite nicely by nearly two lengths um over probably a, a similar type of field so uh now had the two two trials this time in for two wins and would expect to see D Rodman at the races again in 
maiden grade pretty soon and hopefully can start with a win for us. Yes, definitely sounds like a plan, mate, and hopefully that does eventuate. So with trials uh, looked at and recapped, uh, we might move on to the preview proper this week. So we've got the Belmont Guineas meeting on the card this Saturday. Uh, it's a three-year-old listed race run over the 1600. So big uh, query at the moment with the track set up. So in, in terms of the conditions anyway, we're on a soft five at the moment as of Thursday afternoon. But look, I actually think we could be on a good four come Saturday with no rain forecast between now and then. So hopefully that's the case. That'd yep. be nice to have a good four track. Wouldn't it? Yes. Mm. It'd be, uh, very good to have a back to a good four in the middle of winter. And um, hopefully that can continue. And yes. uh, we've, I think we've got a couple of uh, trial stars in the first, mate. Yes. Well, just before we get to that, we're back to a true rail as well. So the last meeting with, with a true rail was back on opening oh, yeah. day. So the track did play pretty fairly there with winners coming from everywhere on the map. Uh, with that being said, though, just because we've not had a true rail for so long, I would expect that inside pad to be pretty good and probably the place to be with no racing on that part of the track for the best part of a month. So uh, obviously remains to be seen, but if that does happen, but I think the first race or two will be a, cr a crucial, you know, watch just to see exactly what's happening. But yes, a couple of good trialers in race one, mate, the Crown Perth Plate for the two-year-olds over the thousand. Yeah, yeah. And those two horses are uh, number five star soprano, which you talked about, I think, last week, last mate. Week, yeah. And and the other one being Thomas Magnum. Big from Tom. The, uh, Gang Gangemi Yard. And uh, both have actually come in for a little bit of support. Star Soprano, 550, and Thomas Magnum. Uh, oh, he's, he's just a touch, but he's uh, 460, so well in commission there. Uh, we've got favourite, the favourite being Bobby Blue, the top weight with William Pike on. And I have to say, you know, I liked both of those trials, mate. Yep. Uh, but I'm sticking with Thomas Magnum here. I thought he was very impressive in that last trial. Uh, won that trial by two lengths, but there was a further, I think, six lengths back to the rest of the field from second yep. as well. So absolutely streeted the field. And... To me, to my eye, he seemed to have a bit more to give as well out of that trial. So I think he'll come on again from that. And I think uh, at this stage, as long as he finds a good place in run, um, hopefully, you know, midfield, uh, no, no worse than midfield, I should say, then I think he's a, a nice bet at around that, you know, four and a half mark. Yeah, I agree, mate. Look, obviously, Bopping Blue was a really good winner last time out. Uh, led all the way to score there over this track and trip. Uh, and it's not too often, actually, the Pikey Rides leaders uh, also while paying $10 mm. in the process, but that is what happened on the day. Look, the wide alley is the big turnoff here. I mean, gate 11 of 11, uh, but he did jump from nine last start with that win. Uh, but look, I think the race experience should have that that runner in this for a long way. But look, I agree with Thomas Magnum, uh, mate. Look, he uh, big, big trial, as you say. Looked professional for me. Didn't appear to do much wrong, if anything. Um, yep. Gate 8 of 11 isn't ideal, but look, with Mitch Pateman on, I think the stable have possibly telegraphed their intentions to lead here. So, look, keen to see uh, what the market does here. But look, 460, happy to be on it at that kind of price. And just looking at, at from a map perspective, look, I think Thomas Magnum uh, goes forward along with Star Soprano in 10 and Bopping Blue as well. Uh, Star Soprano obviously trialed well, as you say, also, but 
she's racing in, or he's racing in the Bellis colours. And uh, as I know, I'm not, I can't remember the last time a, a Bellis runner actually saluted. So I think they might be a little bit of a mock at the moment. So uh, look, I'm happy to side with uh, Thomas Magnum here, mate, on debut along with you. Yeah, very good. And, and you know, look, you make a really interesting point there regarding the barriers. Uh, the top three horses in the market are at 8, 10, 11. Uh, the only other one under double figures is um, the Steve Wolf trained B. To, he comes in at three. So I think I think you're right. And we're going to see, you know, some gunning out from wide barriers and, and looking to go forward from all three of them at this point. And um, could make it very interesting for Bopping Blue if he if they do all go across and he's the one that's caught three wide there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they, he, Pike could even decide that he might just let those other two go and and land one out, one back, and then sort of let let the less experienced uh, runners uh, perhaps you know yeah uh, make the move. But yeah, look, I'm still keen to be on Thomas Magnum here. Yeah, me too. It's interesting they're they're the ones in the market and everything else is very, very long. So <laughs> it's obviously a, a very small group of chances here. Yes, absolutely, mate. So we'll move forward now to race number three. So it's the Morley Growers Market Handicap. It's a three-year-old handicap over the 1,200. It is, and it's a quality little race. There's uh, one of our favourites in Vane Tempest being the uh, the top weight here and, and a nice... 550 as well, which was, I guess, a little bit surprising. Um, there's also, uh, you know, very promising uh, filly in in timely outbursts. It's the mm. one that I've kind of settled on here. I think, you know, its run last start was excellent. It, uh, if I remember correctly, it finished less than a length behind Graceful Girl last start. Yes. Handles wet or dry tracks, and, and here from the map, I think from five, Nicole Hopwood goes straight forward with it, and, and uh, will be very, very tough to run down. Vane um, Tempest probably sits in behind. It's coming off some class three and class five victories, most recently down at Pinjarra. Uh, I'm not sure that's the same type of uh, you know form line that I want to be with compared to Timely Outburst. Agreed. Uh, hence, hence I haven't you know selected. Uh, Vane Tempest. The other one that I did want to mention, though, mate, was Alpha and Omega, who our good friend Dicko has Dicko. ownership with. So, yep. good luck to you, mate. Um, does have a good record first up and was, when I first did my uh, form on this this morning, uh, did come up at 13, and I noticed now it's just popped into 11, so I don't know if Dicko's had a good go or not. But, um, <laughs> More than likely. He's <laughs> now at 11s. Um has won one of two first up, has Peter Nucky going on. And, and I know we haven't really been a fan of, of Pete on, on our selections in the past, but he's actually having a reasonable one uh, month. He's uh, he is, three yeah. of 18, going at 17%, and he's around even on the ROI, or just, just short, um, you know, just uh, short of even on, on, on his ROI, which, you know, is, you know, he's going well compared to other recent months. So yeah, he is. I, I do like him at that do double figure odds as well. Alpha yeah. and Omega. Excellent. Yeah. I remember uh, I was on Alpha and Omega when he was first up back in Feb last prep and drifted out to about four, 420 or something like that. And, and just got up uh, on, on the line there. So carried the 60 that day, but yeah, look, he, he should go pretty well. Look, I was actually impressed with the first up effort of uh, Reign of Fire a fortnight ago. He was third in 66 class over the 1,000. 
Uh, settled around mm-hmm. midfield there from a good gate. Just thought he finished off really well. He was just over a length behind Amasinus and comes a time there. Uh, and he also finished in front of Express Time, who then went and won last Saturday in a no-metro win. So I'm quite confident that the form's good out of that race. And now effectively steps back in grade to this three-year-old race. He's drawn the inside. Uh, so from there, I do think Jordan Turner will look to be positive and kick up uh, to land around midfield. Uh, I think, yeah, likely lead at Vane Tempest, along with timely outbursts, will ensure that I think it should be a pretty briskly run here. And, yeah, just going back to that inside pad, I think that could be the best place to be early on, at, at least, just not having had any racing on it for a few weeks. And, yeah, really yep. confident of a big second-up performance here from Rain of Fire. Uh, so, yeah, look, Vane Tempest, for, as you say, has only been tackling Class 5 and Class 3s in recent starts, despite racing well and grinding out a few tough wins. Um, just, yeah, thought that Rain of Fire's form lines compared to Vane Tempest were the better ones. So I was happy yep. to be with Rain of Fire here at around $4.60. Nice. And I just had a look at uh, Rain of Fire's form again, mate, and it's trialled very well prior to that first up effort as well. Um, second trial beats Salaya, which is you know really great form, and and prior to that finished close up behind Comfort Me, Brooklyn Pier, and KC. So, yeah. you know, it's is uh, obviously in in quite a vein of form at the moment. So I agree, should go well. Yes, fingers crossed. Excellent. Okay, so we'll head across to race number four now. This is the uh, the graduation handicap one metro win uh, over the thousand meters. Our one Metro wins. <laughs> Gotta love them. Um, the one here that I wanted to comment about was the William Pike Mount Dunbar. Won a couple of races in his first campaign at, at Pinney and here at Belmont on a soft seven. Looked, you know, quite promising. Beat Shantork actually on that uh, second occasion. First occasion in third place was the Spruker that's been going all right recently as well. So. <laughs> Ben was uh, tried in, you know, some three-year-old handicap company and, and you know, some strong company and didn't quite measure up and was given a, a, a decent spell. Um, I'm just interested to note that on the 31st of May, trialled Lark Hill on a soft track, won that race. The second horse has since come out and won it um, at Cal on Sunday. Admittedly, it was in a rating 58. But then Mind Tricks came out and won on Wednesday mm. as well at Belmont paying 15 bucks if you don't mind. So, you know, I'm keen to see him return here, to be honest, mate. He, he showed a little bit of promise early on and maybe this spell's done him the world of good. And, and um, you know, I realise he'll probably get back in the run based on how he, you know, how he normally maps and how he normally races. But uh, out of all of these, probably has the most upside in the race, I think. Yeah, oh, very good, mate. And... Uh... Obviously, Pike's on. Look, I um, looked at this race, and I'm actually happy to be buttering up uh, with Drink What You Like here. I was on last start, but I do think mm-hmm. Pike actually played into Paul Harvey's hands there. Uh, he was on Sunny Silk, uh, who booted up there and, and made this this mare sit outside of him in the run when she normally would have led. Uh, and as you know, usually when that happens, we see the outside leader runner sort of kick away or do the softening up. But uh, the opposite actually happened there with Sunny Silk going on to win. Uh, but we see Clint Johnson Porter jump back on here, who's uh, one from one on this girl. And uh, yeah, despite her name, drink what you like, she's just not a pike horse, you know, in that sort of sense of getting back and storming over the top late. So 
Uh, yep. Important to note as well, she gets a kilo back on Sunny Silk here, and despite another wide gate, I think should land outside of Agent J in the run there. And with Olga Louisa as well uh, engaged here, I don't think we'll be seeing Sunny Silk uh, with his uh, reverse soften up job from last time out either. So uh, CJP's Maybe on. Sorry? Maybe he's whispering sweet nothings in uh, Drink What You Like to Hear in the run or something like yeah, that. Yeah, could have been. Bit of reverse psychology. Could have been, yeah. So, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm keen with CJP going back on. And she is a 1,000-meter yep. specialist with four wins and four placings from 11. So, look, I thought she got a terrific chance to notch another win here at about 550 and, and 2 bucks. So, yeah, happy to be on each way here. Uh, very good. Yeah, I did have a good close look at her, actually. Um, so I can see what you're talking about there. Uh, the other one I just wanted to quickly mention, mate, was a selection from last week, Bedouin Bell. Um, didn't really get the opportunity to come on. I don't think she's overly suited here, however, is on the quick backup, which sometimes some horses can really appreciate. Um, gets barrier one, so gets that inside pad and, and can improve, particularly if the track is, you know, moves from that soft to the good range on Saturday, as we predict. So $14 at the moment. Um, I probably wouldn't have an early bet just yet on her, but we're keen to see how the race forms up and how the first couple of races go before making that decision. Yeah, always a good call, mate, just so that we're sort of not overly committed uh, before we see what actually plays out. So We'll move forward now to race number six. It's the Amelia Park Handicap, rating 78 over the 1,200. Yeah, nice little race too here. There's a couple of horses I did want to talk about, but um, there is some talent in the field. Mm. Uh, Flo, I think, you know, we talked about a little bit last week being, you know, a, a genuine sort of horse, even though probably not showing the form that we know she can um, right now. But Excellent Dream um, goes very well. And then you've got some really talented uh, younger horses in Brooklyn Pier and Miss Frost as well that are, well, certainly Miss Frost won a stakes race last campaign, yes. much to our disgust. <laughs> don't, don't remind me. <laughs> yes. yes. I think we were there that day. It was awful. Mm, but yep. um, I, I had a look at the replay of Excellent Dream with his first up run. And I went over it a few times and it was a weird run. It was almost a barrier trial in my mind, mate. Uh, kind of flopped out from a relatively wide gate and was sort of left at the back here. In fact, Darren and McCall even noted that it was snicked, um, which is not its usual running pattern yeah. at all. Normally it's, you know, in the leading division, you know, OSL, something like that. Uh, so really was given none in that. And I don't know if there was any intention to do otherwise based on how, um, you know, how that race was run on it. I think here it, it, it comes back to, uh, a grade that it's won at in its previous campaign. I think it will jump and they'll need to push forward from eight. It gets William Pike on. I think we'll be in that leading division. And I think it can improve drastically from that first up run. Um, and here's my selection in the race. $3.60, I think, is a really good price for it as well. Not that I don't respect Brooklyn Pier, but I just think Excellent Dream is a, is a quality animal. Yeah. The other one that I did want to talk about, mate, just briefly, it's one that we mentioned in the in the trial report, I think it was in the last week or two, was uh, the new Gan, uh, Gangemi uh, Brothers t uh, runner being Reflectivity. Uh, really good trial for a second um, recently. Has solid first up form, although has 
hasn't won before um, and 1,200 metres is short of its best, but does have a lot of talent, runs around in Sydney and Melbourne, um, benchmark 84 into open grade, you know, on, on a Saturday sort of thing. So that's, yep. you know, shows that the horse does have talent, is winning and, and running places around some pretty decent animals. So um, $23 here each way. Once again, see how the track's playing, but um, certainly keen to see how ref- reflectivity takes to life over here. Oh, very good, mate. Yeah, look, I was um, obviously intrigued to see Brooklyn Pier step straight up to 78 class after that really good three-year-old win a, a fortnight ago. Uh, was surprised that he's $2.40. I think that's uh, really rock-bottom odds. Um, but he does have plenty of promise. Look, if I was forced to have a play here, I'd actually probably have a go at Miss Frost on an each-way basis. Just liked her first up return after 161 days out. Was fifth of 11 there uh, behind Nero Dio, who's since gone on to win again. So uh, finished off pretty well and can take further improvement into the second up assignment here with extra ground. So uh, thought, uh, you know, gun to head. I think Miss Frost on an each way basis for me, but um, I think I'd only be mm-hmm. playing here just to just to pass the time between uh, races five and seven, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, fair enough. And let's face it, she does owe you. So, uh, Mm, yes, you know, it'd be nice for her to, yeah, for her to get up for you uh, if you do decide to have a play. Um, but yeah, excellent dream, I think, can be a big improver from its first up run. Very good, mate. So we'll head on over to race number seven now. It's the Heineken three handicap, rating sixty six over the twelve hundred meters. Yes, and uh, another decent race. You know, horses that we've featured previously on the podcast, mate. Um, interestingly, the two probably best in the field being uh, Eeyore Ways and Amasinas are drawn next to each other down on the inside. And they're, at this stage, they're mapped to lob last. So I don't yep. think that's ideal for either of them, to be completely honest. Yep. No, I agree. And I was speaking to Raquel Reed a fortnight ago when Eeyore Ways went around on the quick backup and uh, she did comment uh, that he's a horse that needs galloping room and he had barrier one on that occasion and uh, missed the kick as well, which didn't help. Uh, so I think he was last in the run and, um, you know, ran on well enough, but she did say that he wanted extra ground. He gets it today, but he, he also gets, for him, uh, a bad draw, gate three, would you believe? But yeah, hope I would have preferred to see him drawn out wide. Um, so hopefully he can he can run a race as well. But um, yeah, it's going to be tough from back there, I think. Yep. Big field as well. You know, so it makes it difficult for both. I think Amasinus is obviously the horse to beat. Uh, did return well, obviously, uh, last start uh, with, with another good win, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, I think from two, if there is some way for Chris Parnham to get her to settle a little bit, towards midfield, then I think that opens up some possibilities yeah. um, for it in the run. But at this stage, I do have it backed, uh, sorry, mapped back in the field. Yeah. Um, the other one that I did want to talk about briefly that I think can run well first up at odds is the nine Peppy Jack. Uh, now that it's winning on good tracks as well, also much to <laughs> discuss in its last <laughs> campaign. Um, I think it... You know, a reasonable each way play here will probably lead or be close to it. Um, has a pretty good record first up, a, a win in a second from from five starts, and showed some really good um, improvement. You know, during its campaign, last campaign, I know 
Pepe Jack's probably, you know, not getting any younger or anything like that, but I think can run a nice race at, at around $27 first up. Uh, excellent, mate. It's a really good spot. And uh, I think if if they're left alone or unchallenged up top, you know, Jade McNaught, I mean, there are a few others that will go forward, but you just never know if, if they manage to pinch a couple of lengths around the turn, then more than likely give a good good uh, sight for backers. But yeah, I mean, Amasinas, like I'd, I'd almost be tempted to, uh, to to lay Amasinas here just based on the barrier, the expected track position. Uh, you know, she's obviously very good and very talented, but it's going to need an absolute Chris Parnham special to be winning from there, you would have thought. Yeah, completely agree, mate. And uh, you mentioned Jade, you know, being on Peppy Jack as well. Um, she's having a great month. She has yeah. 31 rides, six winners, so 20%. You know, strike rate, but 106% ROI this month. So yeah, very really good. going great guns, and you know, it'd be very nice for her to, you know, or well, nice for us if she could get uh, Pepe Jack home for us at, at that nice price. Yeah, absolutely, mate. That's a that's a good play, and uh, hopefully get some joy out of it. So we'll mm. move uh, from race seven. We're going to have a look at the feature race of the day here. It's the listed Belmont Guineas for the three year olds over the 1600 meters. Um, look for me here, there's a couple of schools of thought in this race. And I think the first one is, you know, does no graceful girl mean that Billy ain't silly is a lock. I mean, he was pretty game in that reckon to a fortnight ago, uh, but does come here for his eighth and final run of the prep. Uh, but look, it's hard to argue mm-hmm. he's racing well, but for a three-year-old to have already had seven runs in the preps into March, I mean, you know, are the Webster Yard going to the well one too many times? That's my query. Uh, look, he'll lead them up. He'll give his usual sight. But gate eight of 12, uh, along with try for us drawn underneath, is enough doubt for me. Uh, you know, does he get caught breezing or will he actually find the fence and, uh, you know, lead them all a merry dance? So I think for a lot of punters, it's probably going to come down to price. And I think the $2.30, I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely as low as you'd, you'd probably want him to get. Uh, look, I, yep. I'm probably going to be steering around him, to be honest. Okay. No, no, fair enough. And I certainly agree with you. I have, have here on my notes, this will be run eight. So I'm not sure um, how much is left in the tank for Billy A and Silly, but he is tough. Yep. You know, he, he, he runs in the position that um, go, we expect to go well, being that he will be forward. Um, he's in great form. I think I think the key here for him is that that raconteur form line is far better than yeah the rest of the competition here. It is. Uh, he only just went down in that race and um and like if I if I look at try for us, I did actually want to find try for us um in in this race, but going down to Tiff has spoken in a sixty plus didn't fill me a lot of confidence last start. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you. So I think <laughs> Billy Ain't Silly is probably almost my default on top of here. Um, the one that I um, wanted to talk a little bit about is something that is a horse that's, you know, showed a little bit first up when it came to WA, but the last two runs have been pretty plain. Gets a couple of gear changes here with Tongue Tie um, off for the first time and getting Winkers back on, and that's uh, the four, Albert Turi. Um he had a run back when he was with Lindsay Park in the Mornington size where he ran second, beating quality Colt by the name of Amish Boy and finishing not that far behind Glenn Fiddick, who um, at that time was Peter Moody's best horse in his stable. Um, 
Uh, so from that perspective, you can get back to somewhere near there, that sort of form. Um, and with the gear changes, I'm, you know, he's come up very long at 101 bucks, mate. And uh, I could have a little bit each way on him as well, given that outside of Billy Ain't Silly, the field is, you know, fairly even, in my opinion. Uh, excellent, mate. Lo- love the, the, the thought process there. And I mean, uh, it is li- a listed race, but it's still a three-year-old race, I guess, at the end of the day. And, you know, as we've seen quite often, anything can happen in these types of races. Um, so, look, I, I do do respect that. Look, and in Billy Ain't Silly's defence, uh, he is proven at the mile. He's, he has won there before. Uh, so, look, I'm not, not trying to pot him or anything. I'm just, you know, trying to give a few reasons as to why... I'm not going to back him, but look, one that yeah, I absolutely. that I am uh, possibly keen on here. She's a charmer. I thought, uh, well, looks to be the next stable star for Bernie Miller. Obviously, uh, with the Cup Night trainer. Um, look, mm-hmm. we were on three starts back. Uh, she got home in a three-year-old sixty-two race. Uh, plenty of fight and determination in that win. I thought uh, draws gate three here. So look, I think she can land midfield in in the run. And look, just much more inclined to back her at around the four sixty mark as opposed to two dollars thirty for Billy Ain't Silly. Um, does step out to the sixteen hundred for the first time. But look, judging by the way that she's been finishing off her last two races leading into this, I think she'll get the trip. Uh, she should uh, get that fairly well. Uh, and hopefully, for backers, uh, if anyone's going to be on, she's a charmer as well. Hopefully, we don't get the same Paddy Carberry who was on time scale yesterday. So one for oh. the replay watchers there. Don't. <laughs> I was having nightmares about that last night. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't good. <laughs> but look, it does look a, a really nice three-year-old race. And uh, look, I also we we should also mention uh, do love this super aggressive placement here from our good friend Brock Luthwaite. Uh, he's got yes. Art, Art Warrior here, so it's a my admiration cult. Lobs here off the debut run at Penny, ran fourth behind Free Solo, Private Poet, and Star Subject over the fifteen hundred. Uh, did run on from near last in, in the field on that occasion. So going by that, you would think the extra 100 uh, should help him here. Uh, draw in the inside alley, currently 71 bucks, but uh, you can be sure that Brock's already on at something more than that. Um, <laughs> yeah, just love the placement, super aggressive. And uh, yeah, good luck to Brock and his team. Absolutely, mate. And uh, being by my admiration, I think they'd probably prefer a bit firmer track as well. It was on a soft seven last start and still managed to run well. So um, that got that in his favour as well. So, as you say, very good luck to Brock. We hope he uh, runs well for you. For sure, yeah. I um, well, I did text him before, trying to ask. Or I just said, look, how how's how's the horse going? But uh, I haven't got a reply, so I can only assume he's at the bookies, uh, getting everything on. <laughs> <laughs> Might fund some, uh, you know, some additional improvements to his new fast work track, mate. Yeah, perhaps. absolutely. Well, as there's no better money than fast money, that's for sure. So, <laughs> yes, that's very true, mate. All right, so I think we've uh, just about wrapped up our lot for for the preview this week. Um, but before we head out uh, for the weekend, uh, believe well, we're going to have a look at a few WA runners uh, in WA watch. We are. Although I was just thinking, you know, last week we almost pulled off the quaddy. Did we want to have a quick look at a, a quick quaddy before we head off, or do we just want to? WA watch it. Uh, look, I've haven't. I'm, I'm not actually prepared um, to look. Well, I haven't prepared any. No, that's all right. Notes. Maybe we'll question without notice, mate. So no, that's fine. Look, then. perhaps we can <laughs> we can we can maybe tweet out 
a quaddy that we're going to put on on, on Saturday. Uh, maybe All that right. might, yeah, that might be idea. the better way to do it. Perhaps we can actually have a look at it. <laughs> yep. No, that sounds great, mate. Um, so look out, punters, for that tweet on Saturday uh, prior to race six. Very good. But yes, WA Watch, uh, we're going to try and do this every week where we're going to find all the XWA horses that are running around the country for you. We'll do it, you know, do that obviously to the best of our ability. Every Saturday, there are a ton of race meetings going around. Um, so in that vein, I found a few at Flemington. Uh, Flemington Race 7. So it's uh, one of the bigger races of the day. Horse 3, Snickerdoodle Dandy. As we know now with the Moody Camp, had a really good win last start over 1,400. So it does come back to the t- to the 1,200 here. Uh, Jamie Carr sticks on um, and is at currently at about 650. Uh, obviously, the query for mine is the straight. So it's she's running on the straight six, I think, for the first time. Yeah, uh, but we know that she's a quality animal, and think we'll. I think she'll run really well. Um, we also have a couple in race eight. I wanted to mention he hasn't been here for a little while, but number five Reykjavik goes around for Uncle Lindsay at twenty one dollars. Mm-hmm. Has just been you know so so with its form recently, so it's probably a pretty fair quote. At, you know at the twenty ones. And finally, race nine, number one at Flemington, Red Can Man has its first start for the Bright Oak Camp. Yes. Um, has trialed, well, won a trial at Terralgan. The um, opposition um, is a, was a little questionable, but did it in style. Uh, but has also jumped out in Victoria very nicely and I think is a uh, certainly one to watch. Was around the $4.80 mark when I um, did the form there. And I think Red Can Man, you know, he goes well first up and he's a really strong show in the last. Very good, mate. Yeah, it'd be good to see old Red Can Man over there. And uh, not sure the Red Can is a particularly uh, known sort of colloquialism over East there. So I think a lot of people might be wondering what the Red Can is. But uh, for any listeners uh, over East, it is referring to can of emu export. So that that is <laughs> it. So. <laughs> And That's right. There's some equally quality beers over over east that could be equated to the same thing, mate. Being Melbourne bitter and Melbourne bitter. Red. Yeah, I thought you might both say filthy. Yep. <laughs> both filthy and uh, you know, good luck to you if you have a crack at it. Yep. No, very good. <laughs> no, nice work on the WA watch, mate. Hopefully, uh, we get a few WA wins over east. It's always good to see them uh, WA runners go over there and hold their own uh, over east because. Uh, a lot of times the WA sort of standard is almost uh, regarded as inferior to over East, but I think a lot of runners have proved that it's not in recent years and uh, that we can definitely go over there and, and uh, win. So yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, you make a really interesting point, mate, because obviously in the late eighties and early nineties, there was quite a few WA trained runners that particularly went to Melbourne for the big races, you know, Australian cups and obviously Placid Arc with the, um, uh, with the Sprint Triple Crown and, um, you know, a number of others that that also did but got transferred to other trainers in, in Victoria. Um, then there seemed to be a little bit of a lull uh, from my memory and now we're seeing a good flow of, uh, of quality animals coming from WA and, yeah. and doing well over East. And uh, I think uh, we've certainly shown that we can compete in, you know, in the top races right around the country. No, very good. Yeah, completely agree. I've just had a reply back from Brock Luthwaite actually saying that uh, 
yeah, he's expecting uh, Art Worry to hit the line very strongly on Saturday. So that's good to know. And uh, yeah, we wish him and Brad Rawilla all the best. We do. Did he use the M word though, mate? No, he did not. No. <laughs> not the best $71 M word you've ever seen. No, <laughs> no definitely. Uh, all serious, that. Brock. Good luck, mate. Uh, we're certainly uh, looking forward to seeing a big run from uh, from your guy on Saturday. Absolutely. So I think we're just about out of time for this week's episode of the Western Mail. Gaz, big thanks for you uh, to you for your input as always. No worries. Thank you, mate. Uh, looking forward to it. And good luck if you have a crack, punters. Yes, best of luck. And a big thanks for listening. And also, don't forget, if you have enjoyed the show, uh, feel free to give us a like. Retweets are always appreciated as our sub- subscriptions yep. on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever all good podcasts are played. Uh, but that's it for us this week. So good punting. And we'll be back next yep. week. See ya. We- <laughs> See ya. This has been a Western Mail Racing production. All content has been written and researched by Mike Johnson and Gary Bothwell. And if you like what you've heard, please feel free to subscribe to us so you don't miss any future episodes. You can do that by searching Western Mail Racing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or where all good podcasts are played. Big thanks for listening, and we hope to have you back on board in the near future.